And here we go. You're listening to Rumination Tuesday Law and Gospel on this July the 14th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker with Pastor Mark Smith. And as is our custom, we listen to a hymn and then talk about it. And the hymn for this coming Sunday is in Holy Conversation. And here is an organ rendition of that a hymn you're familiar with, Pastor Mark Smith? No, I think I know now why I've never used this hymn before. <laughs> I, I find that melody really hard to follow. <laughs> but it's a great it's a great hymn. The words are super. Yes. Well, that particular individual who played that, his name is Bob Wheeler, he had a little introduction in front of each line. Oh, I so see. So if you were uh-huh. trying to follow... This is not how an organ would play it if the congregation was singing. You know, you have an introit on a lot of hymns, and he did something almost before each line. But I'll tell you why I kind of find this hymn interesting. Uh, Last week you were on assignment, but we did take a look at a hymn by Martin Franzman, who was a professor of mine. And in this hymn, in Holy Conversation... It is written by Gregory J. Wismer, who is a classmate of mine. No kidding. Is that right? Oh, yeah, we, that? we were classmates together at Concordia Seminary, St. Louis. Huh. And it's a Swedish melody. Yeah, he used a Swedish melody. We have individuals like that who can really write words pretty good. Then they borrow melodies from other places. Uh-huh. So without further ado, would you read the first stanza, and we can talk about it. Okay. In holy conversation, we speak to God in prayer, and at his invitation, our deepest thoughts we share. We come his will obeying as children bringing needs, 
and to support our praying, his spirit intercedes. Now, that actually is a quotation, this hymn, from our epistle reading for this coming Sunday, which is the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. It's from Romans chapter 8. What Paul is talking about is that we have hope for what we do not see. Because what is hope if we can see it? But the hope we have, of course, is eternal life. And that's a way in which we can consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. But it's the last verses of Romans 8, beginning with verse 26, that I'm not sure a lot of even Lutherans realize. Here's what it says. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And what are the last words of the first stanza? Yeah, the last words are, His Spirit intercedes. And to support our praying, his spirit intercedes. So that's that's uh, where that uh, that truth comes from. Is from yes. the epistle reading for this Sunday. Now this is really important because many a time Christians know what to pray for. For example, if we're doing the Lord's prayer in a worship service, but a lot of times when they're enduring suffering, etc., they're not really quite sure what to say to God, what words to use. and yeah, Particularly, so, particularly if, if something tragic occurs and you're just numb. You, just, you, know, you don't even know where to begin uh, and what to pray for, and, and that's when the Spirit, of course, intercedes for us. And the Spirit, of course, is the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, who's at the right hand of God the Father now with Jesus Christ since the Ascension. And therefore, a lot of times we may say things to God we later regret. I mean, how many times have you been in a situation where a member of yours says, Pastor, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, sometimes you think like, uh, you know, it's like that saying, be careful what you wish for. We should be careful what we pray for sometimes. You know, sometimes we think we know what's best for us, and God... God knows better than we do. Well, see, I would go so far to say we don't have to be careful. Because Uh, whatever we say, the Holy Spirit intercedes. That's right. And he redoes the prayer so that when it reaches the throne of God, he has interceded for us with groanings too deep for words. I gave an example on Monday talking about this. Let's say my eight-year-old daughter comes to me and she says, I I would like to have a bike. All the rest of the kids have bicycles. Well, I'm not just going to go out and buy one. 
I'm going to make a plan, maybe give her one for her birthday. And when I buy her the bike, it'll be one with training wheels because she doesn't know how to drive a bike. And I'm going to help train her ride it until she can take off the training wheels and is good enough for the bike. In a sense, I'm interceding for her request. I'm fulfilling the request, but in a way that she hadn't imagined, which would really be for her good. And I think that's a good example, a metaphor, analogy, or a parable of what it means when the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. That's right. God's, God knows what best, what's best, and that's how he answers our prayers. It's like a uh, like a kid says, uh, "Oh, give me that, give me that knife, that sharp knife," and uh, the mother doesn't give him the knife. Instead, she gives him an apple so he can get good nourishment. She answers the prayers. Uh, she answers the request of her son, and but gives she him does it in a way that's always to the son's good. That's right. Because there's a lot of times we don't recognize, and the first, the, the title of this hymn talks about what prayer is. It's holy conversation with God himself. That's right. And that conversation can occur not only when we speak audible words, but even when we have thoughts. Yeah, that's right. In fact, the hymn, the hymn carries that, yeah, our deepest thoughts we share. At his, at his invitation, our deepest thoughts we share. So even when, well, I think of Hannah praying in the tabernacle. And Eli, you know, remember how Eli, he just sees this woman uh, moving her lips right. but no sound and wondered what, what's wrong with her. But uh, she was He's praying drunk. from the heart. Yes. And... It's important to realize that our thoughts sometimes are sinful. We might attack God for allowing things to happen to us or not allowing things to happen to other people or not appearing to answer our prayer when a loved one is, say, in a car accident or something like that, and they end up dying at the hospital. That's not God not answering our prayer. It's still him with the Holy Spirit interceding and providing a better answer than we could ever imagine. That's right. So we're like children who bring needs to God. And this is what's so wonderful about being a Christian. We don't have to be concerned in how we pray there are people who say, well, I prayed to God, but he didn't answer me. I often ask this question when I'm with a large group and we're talking about prayer. I say, put your hand up if you can think of a few times that God did not answer your prayer. And actually, there are people who put their hand up. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Well... <laughs> Because uh, you know, whenever you pray, he he, he promises he promises to answer uh, in the in the best way. Yes, and it might not, not always be what are, we not consider. always as we wish, but in the very yeah. best way. Yeah, call you upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver deliver you. you. Yes. 
So and before you know, you know, uh, one of the one of the verses that's given for the basis of this hymn is. Um, Isaiah sixty five twenty four, and that is that is a very comforting verse. Uh, before they call, I will answer. Um, I will never forget a truth that was imparted to me by one of your former parishioners, uh, Professor Thomas Monteufel. He gave me a very he gave us a very comforting thought, and that is, you know, let's say you're in a hospital waiting room. And uh, you know that the surgery is supposed to conclude by a certain time, but you haven't heard from the doctor yet how the surgery turns out on on right. your loved one. And uh, Professor Monteufel told us, you know, as long as you as long as you you don't know the outcome, keep praying, because God will answer before they call. I will answer. Uh, Keep on praying even though you don't know the outcome, even though you think it's already turned out one way or the other. Keep on praying because God will answer your prayers in, even in advance of what you're praying. Isn't that, isn't that a comforting thought? Isn't that a thought that's, that's really worth knowing? Yes. That is talking about the kind of hope we have as Christians that God has already prepared. I, I can't tell you how many times... I'd have a concern. Uh, let's say we get a, a bill from a medical group and the bill is kind of high, and I'm wondering, how am I going to pay that? And then we pick up the mail from the front door, and there is a check for uh, us, uh, maybe as a gift from my uh, mother or somewhere. Now, God had to prepare that because we got the check that day, that we also had the concern. And so that's uh, an example I like using in how God is already preparing to answer your prayers before you recognize you have a need. Yeah. And uh, especially w when you have kids, you know, as my father-in-law once shared with me, you know, you never, you never quit being concerned about them. And I can remember when my kids were in college and uh, you're waiting for them to drive home and you think, well, they should have been here by now. What's happened? You know, and, yeah. and you're still waiting, waiting for them to arrive and, you, and you're anxious about them. There's another example of uh, keep praying, even though, you know, you, they should have arrived by now. Don't leave off praying for them because God will, before you call, before they call, I will answer. He says, while they were still speaking, uh, they, he will hear. Some years ago, I had a motorcycle accident, and so I was in the house uh, being taken care of. I could hardly get out of the chair. And I heard my son going down the driveway, and he went over to the street. It was a four-lane street, Hanley Road. And as I heard him getting on the Hanley, I heard a big crash. Now, you couldn't believe how fast I was able to get up and get to the front door. <laughs> Oh, I'll bet. And fortunately, uh, he was driving a, a big car, a Cadillac, and hit him in the side but did not injure him at all. And so there the prayers were answered as I was rushing to the door. And that was a mistake on my part because from there on, nobody would help me get out of the chair because they knew I could get out by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and quickly if you wanted to. Yeah. Boy, was I ever. I even surprised myself how I was able to do that. Yeah. All right, stanza two, please. Okay. These holy conversations begin in childlike ways, 
we bring our supplications and words of thanks and praise. With care, our Father listens to every thought expressed, then answers our petitions in ways he knows are best. Yeah, that's something we've really talked about, that the way he answers prayers are always to our good. That's Romans 8:28. Now, I would suggest, like in this second stanza, we bring our supplications and words of thanks and praise. If you remember the disciples of Jesus, they just didn't have supplications with Jesus. They also had words of criticism. Remember when he said that he was going to go to Jerusalem to be put to death? Yeah. They were not happy with that. Yeah, they said, and oh, Peter no, said, yeah, in fact, P- P- Peter, Peter insisted on him not going. Yes. Remember? And he would protect him. Yeah. And what was Jesus' reply to Peter? Get thou be behind me, Satan, he said. Yes. Remember? Yeah. So there's another way in which when you first hear it, it doesn't sound like Jesus is listening with love, but he is listening with love because yeah. Peter never forgot that, that he was doing the work of Satan in trying to stop Jesus yeah. from going to the cross. You know, as you teach your confirmands and confirmation, uh, how God answers prayer. There's there's slightly different ways of explaining that. I've always I've always said, you know, God answers prayers. He says he says yes. He says or he says no or sometimes he says wait. Um how would you explain would you explain it that way or is that a little bit different than how you would explain it uh, like i said i sometimes god says yes sometimes he says no sometimes he says wait i think you've explained it to me before that god god always says yes but but that i got that from one of my listeners because i used to say the same thing you do uh that's what we were taught at the seminary yes no and wait and from a human point of view that makes sense because uh-huh. I asked for a motorcycle when I was with my parents. The answer was no. Then later on, after I got married, I bought a motorcycle, so I saw his answer was really wait. But that's from our point of view. The right. listener said, no, from God's point of view, there's two kinds of prayers that he recognizes. One is when we ask him for something he has promised. So when we baptize a baby, we don't say, if it be your will, provide faith for this baby. No. That's right. We don't say it's that. It's always his will. We know it is will, yes. Right. But then the other prayers are ones where we don't have a promise, and that is we should always have this understanding of it, like I would like to have a motorcycle, if it be thy will. taking it right out of the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus said. Then, when you understand prayers in those two ways, God's answer is always yes. If it's a promise, he definitely says yes, because he never breaks his promises. And if you ask if it be your will, his answer is yes, it will be according to my will. So it's always a yes. And I thought that was a really good explanation. 
A difference of looking at it from a human point of view and then from God's point of view. In fact, that's the purpose of a sermon, to get you to think like God thinks. Why most people are confused by the Bible is they keep thinking with their old Adam rather than with their new man. And that is why going to church every Sunday is really important, because that's the purpose of a proper sermon. All right. Stanza three, please, Pastor. Okay. As holy conversation, in silence or by word, in every situation, through Jesus we are heard. So let us pray securely, expressing hopes and fears with confidence that surely our Father ever hears. A lot of people have the opinion that when their prayer isn't answered, God isn't hearing them. How would you explain that that is untrue? Well, for one thing, God hears everything. God knows everything. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he, but but only. In fact, even he even hears. I suppose he even hears uh, pagan prayers. I mean, he's aware of them. Yes. But, uh, they don't have his promise. Only 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 true prayers that are prayed in that are prayed in faith have a promise. Uh, he's promised to, to hear and to answer. Yeah, I would change it just a little bit. Okay. Because some of our prayers aren't in faith if we get angry with God. I would say every prayer prayed by a faithful Christian, even if it's criticism of God, is heard by God, and he hears it in a way that he responds to our good. Well, do, uh, That's a new relationship we, we have with God. You don't mean to say that we fall from faith if we just get angry at God for the moment. No. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't withdraw from us with the drop, like the drop of a hat. I mean, uh, we're still, uh, even though we get angry with God uh, periodically, if things don't go our way, that doesn't necessarily mean that we fall from faith, right? Well said. Because faith means that we trust the promises of God in regard to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, etc. But one could say that when we sin, we fall from faith. No, we're still faithful believers, but we are going against our new man. Paul says this in Romans 7. The things I want to stop from doing, I'm always doing. Yeah, Does the that good that I would, I do faith? not. The evil that I would not, that I do. Yes, right. No, and he says it so well in Romans eight that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's right. That's not found in any other religion of the world, and in every other religion of the world, you better say your prayers properly. Because if you don't, they say God will not hear or respond to you. The proper way is that you have faith in Jesus Christ. And that trumps sin, and it trumps inappropriate words in your prayers. 
That's right. I agree. <laughs> so that's holy conversation. It's not that our conversation is holy, but it's a conversation that God hears, and it's holy because he's responding to it, and he always responds to it, as it says at the end of verse 2, in ways he knows our best. So our Father ever hears. Yes. All the yeah, time. We should pray, we should pray with confidence. With uh, confidence, you know. Uh, uh, I know it says. I know it says somewhere in the in the scripture that uh, we should not. You know, we should not be praying like. You know, like a wave upon the water. Well, will he help me or will he not? But he, God wants us to. God wants us to pray to him in 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 utter confidence and assurance. If you if you have any doubts, don't quit praying. All right. Thank you, Pastor Mark Smith. Tomorrow's Law and Gospel. We're going to be taking a look at another portion of CFW Walther's examples of law and gospel misused by pastors. Join with us on Tomorrow's Law and Gospel. Tom Baker, Mark Smith, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.